<sighs> so we're recording. You guys get your donuts? Yep. Oh, yeah. How long do you have to wait in that line for the donut in PG? Uh, you know what? I did a veteran move, and I went in, in the branch. <laughs> so, COVID be damned. Yeah, so I was uh, expedited for sure. I only had to wait behind one person. <laughs> they actually let me in front of them, so I didn't have to. Did you say you're like, I'm going on a podcast, I need this donut quick? Or was it like they had the last goddamn honey crew? <laughs> no, no, they were humming and hawing, looking at the menu, and they had their, their baby stroller, so they uh, were kind enough to let me ahead of them. So in other words, they hadn't made up their mind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. Today, we got a special episode. We're doing another roundtable. Boys, the, the, the donut one that we had last week was... Uh, was a success. You, Eric, you opened up the box already. The surprise is gone. You said to open? No. You said to get the donuts in front of you. God, here we go. We started off like this again. Did like, I lose my redemption from last time? Is what is gone? going on? If he baby birds it again, just kick him out. I'm I'm starting <coughs> to worry about this. We've got a couple extra special guests, and you're embarrassing me with our guests. Yeah, I got to keep it traditional. Someone's got to mess up. I figured I'll take the hit for the team this time. Dude, I... And then you close it. There's no sense closing it. You I already know what it, it is. I didn't look at it. Is this going to be a thing? Was he, between... was he just like huffing it through the crack in the front or something? Like... We're, we're, we're going to do this. This is like another guy you and I work with up in our north office there. And every time him and I get into this, you know, back and forth, and he's very junior, and I think you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. And I always say the exact same thing. I'm like, dude, are we doing this right now? Now you can hear my dog barking in the background. That's awesome. <laughs> Let's keep that in. But uh, I don't want to do this. I think we need to go to a mediation between you and I right now, Eric. I apologize deeply, and I feel sorry that I've offended you and the donut gods. All right. Donut gods are done. Okay. Uh, but again, we've got a whole bunch of people on today. We've got Nick from Fort Good Hope. So we got Eric up in Prince George as well, too. Beautiful Prince George. When was the last time, Claire, when was the last time Eric, you ever heard anybody say beautiful Prince George? I don't know if I have. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, say, the, the three seconds earlier when he said you know it the what first the, time, you know what they say? They call it the hidden gem. So I'll leave you with that. The hidden gem of British Columbia, which is Prince George. Well, it it I oh god, I can only imagine. There's a few other there's a few other things it's called too, but we'll just stick with that for now. Yeah, yeah. So this is a PG show. <laughs> the the f hole. Yeah, the f hole. The... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> The, the armpit of BC. The S-hole. <laughs> yes. gonna, the armpit. Yeah, the taint. I think somebody once has called it the taint of uh, of BC. The only uh, reason... I, you know what? I, I heard think, the great white taint once. So. I think I earned the right to call Prince George the taint of British Columbia. Because I did spend four years there. So, you know what? That being said, I mean, Eric, I think you've been there, what, about five or six now? Uh, yeah, just about in the middle there. Five and a bit. Yeah, yeah five and a bit years. Good on you for sticking around for five or six years. That's, ugh, I made four years. I mean, I'd probably want to go back, but it's never going to happen. Uh, and then, like I said, we got obviously Nick coming from Fort Good Hope. Nick, welcome to the podcast yet again. Great to be back as always. So much fun as always. Dude, the audio sounded way better there. I'm Perfect, that's good. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited now. So today, boys, we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to talk about the new article that just came out with regards to the West Shore RCMP going electric with Tesla and Mustang. Uh, this was from March 4th. Oh, it's the air of EVs and the, it's the smell of EVs in the air. I should say not the smell of EVs in the air. 
or maybe just burned carbon or whatever we're going to be talking about burned here. Ozone. But before Are we, we talk about palm the EVs, <laughs> we're just going <laughs> to put them down. Uh, we're going to go to the donut first. And on this podcast, if this is your first time joining, and I say this every single time, welcome. Thank you for showing up. We're so grateful for the uh, the appreciation and the download and the subscribe and the listen. Uh, we do a special thing here on this podcast. And guess what we do? We break donut. It's what we do. Eric, what do we do? We break donut. Mike, what do we do? We break donut. We break donut. And we have two special guests today that are breaking donut with us as well, too. So what we're going to do, we're going to go around the table. I think this is probably going to be, and an, an Nick is a last-minute entry, and you have absolutely, you do not have to have a donut. I don't know where the hell you'd find a donut up in Fort Good Hope. But don't worry about it, buddy. We got you covered. Let's go around the table and see what we got. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time with the donuts today, because listen, we did an hour and 20 minutes last time on donuts. So let's crack the donuts, let's eat the donuts. And people loved it, but uh, let's go over the donuts. Eric, what do you got uh, in Prince George? What do you got today? So I thought it'd be fitting since it's my very first time coming on here. I wanted to do what any good Canadian boy would do. I got a Canadian maple specialty donut. So So, uh, it's got a little bit of cream fill in it. So I'm probably... uh, ruining the work that i just did but okay don't whatever you do do not put it in your mouth yet okay no we have a tradition i'll tell myself not to thank you we have a tradition <laughs> that i'm not gonna say his name he might be sitting across <laughs> from me who has ruined it uh wes did it last time and wes is also oh, yeah. going to be a return uh, uh you know ho- uh, co-host on the podcast as well dude couldn't be here today e- extended probation yes exactly we're gonna <laughs> a, a uh eric put up your donut for you so with the other eric and then we got two mics and eric and a nick today but uh, what do you, Eric? Uh, what do you got today? What 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 do you think? What does it look like? Uh, it's pink and it's white. A little bit of white drizzle on it, and it's circular <laughs> with a hole in the middle. With like a regulation size hole. A regulation size, yeah. Okay. Standard. Standard not, issue. Not like the ones that we were going to get in trouble for last episode, which <clears throat> thankfully I haven't gotten in too much trouble for. That uh, I haven't actually had to take that out of the podcast. So uh, very nice. Don't you dare eat. Oh, dude. Okay, so that's a strawberry dip. I picked that up for you. So you said that you love the fruity. I do. I like I like a little bit of that that fruit in there. It's good. A little, little bit of fruit. All right, Mikey, what do you got? Well, uh, if you remember me talking before about, in a previous episode, my limited duration addiction to the Tim Hortons vanilla cream puff donut, uh, to my unfortunate addicted attitude, they have brought it back. And the vanilla cream puff donut is back in all of its heroin-filled glory. So. I see it. It is fancy. Wow. It smells great. So are you like totally addicted to it again? Do you just like the second it's, you smelt it, you're like, oh. I, I just literally just like cooked it off and mainlined it right there. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Okay. So... Uh, Nick, I'm assuming that you don't have anything today, correct? Uh, I have a bottle of water. That's about all I have. Sweet. Tell me what kind of water it is. Uh, it is unfiltered right from the McKinsey, um, <laughs> straight to the Arctic Ocean. <laughs> I wish I had that water. <laughs> the, the sweet elixir of the, from the McKenzie River. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Okay. Today for, for my donut, I chose something that I absolutely despise, like more than any, more than what you brought me last week, Eric. Oh, why would did you, you do that? Did you to go yourself? to McDonald's? 
<laughs> no, I did not get the Keith Richards donut. No, 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 no. Okay, let's go over this. I got the powder donut. Oh no. Okay, powder donut. Oh. The 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 puck. I call this the puck, and it's strawberry okay. filled. Usually, I think they're Uh-oh. raspberry filled. I think they used to be. Maybe they changed the recipe. Oh, it's a taste of a new generation, there, buddy. <laughs> I hate powdered donuts, and I hate jelly-filled donuts. So, guess what? We're gonna try this, boys. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This is what we do. We do the break the yeah. donut, and we get the tradition going, and then we're gonna get into some stuff here, boys. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, Eric. PG Eric. There we go. There we go. There Cheers. Oh, I want yours, dude. I want. You're testing my self-control right now. <laughs> All right, give her. Go, go, go. Mm. This is gonna slow me down tonight. That's right, because we even got Eric's got night shift tonight, so we gotta make this a quickie. Oh god, that's horrible. It it's cream filled too. Yeah. <laughs> oh keeps it's, the diabetes in check. I've never ate more one bites of donuts since starting this podcast. <laughs> like I mean like I used to think that was blasphemy not to finish it off. Okay, we have our fun, we had our bites, we did our thing. <laughs> Man, the face you made just looks like you took like a, a straight line of sleeve of it. It's like it's this rough. Oh. <laughs> it's no good. The donut, the only redeeming factor of that whole thing is just that the, uh... no, there's nothing redeeming. Okay. You, you gotta wash it down with something that tastes better, like Buckley's. Oh, God, it's horrible. <laughs> All right. This is what we're doing. Oh, it's, it wants to come back up. <laughs> it's... God, like get a coffee or something. <laughs> I need water. It's really that bad. All right. Whew. March 4th. West Shore RCMP Mounties going electric with Tesla and Mustang. All right. So there's a few things that come out of this article, guys. And uh, it was they're stating it was an article by Darren Kloster uh, with the Times Colonist online portion. Uh, and it's claiming to be the RCMP is claiming to be the first agency or police agency to put two Tesla Model Ys into regular patrol use. Okay, I'm not too sure about that one because the OPP actually had a Model X for a few years. And there's several different agencies uh, that have had different models in the past for piloting. But I digress. Um, it also says they're also purchasing a Ford Mustang Mach-E GT for trial and piloting. Pretty interesting. It said OIC Todd Preston. I'm not sure what Todd's uh, rank is, but I think he might be a super or an inspector there. Uh, it's, he stated our officers couldn't be more excited about this. Okay. Uh, it said the RCMP is committed and pledged they would achieve net zero emissions by 2050. So those are kind of the takeaways from this whole thing. Uh, what we're going to be doing, like I said, is a bit of a roundtable. And this is what the article is what brought on the podcast for this week and, and the topic that I wanted to you know, talk about. So that being said, the RCMP is purchasing these models. Okay. Model wise. I want to kind of hear your guys' initial thoughts when you hear that the RCMP in Canada has purchased teslas to take to basically try out and put into full gd pc mode um very first thing what i'm going to do is eric i'm going to put it to you up in prince george to start things off open discussion about this what are your initial thoughts well i think we'll see how it handles in the winter when it's blowing snow but i don't know it's it's the way the world's going so i think it's going to be one of those things where don't knock it till you try it okay yeah, fair enough. Um, my my biggest question has always been about that and it being able to take on weather. So, yeah, that, that's the very first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, Mikey, what are you thinking on this whole topic? Well, I'm kind of with Eric and the fact that I think it's the way of the future. Uh, I think we might be a little early into the EV game to expect them to 
directly compete with our traditional expectations, particularly in harsher climates, simply because of the fact of the matter is that sub-zero temperatures really negatively impact the battery life of an EV. So I think in areas that are up north, they're not really going to find a whole lot of widespread success. However, in traditionally warmer climates with more mild winters like West Shore, I think taking advantage of the fact that also British Columbia having hydroelectric power to cheaply and greenly charge the vehicle, I think it's a winning combination. Yeah, I, I think they couldn't have picked a better spot. Uh, especially with the RCMP, and this sounds like it's the very first ones that are being done across Canada, so why wouldn't you test it out on a spot? Uh, Probably that would get the most use, like you said, out of uh, that particular product and model. So let's go to Nick up in the north. What are you thinking, Nick? Absolutely, yeah. When I first read the article and saw the pictures, I was very excited to see the the progressive decision to jump to something like that by the RCMP. I think uh, I agree with everybody else that it is the way of the future, and we should not try and stop it and stick in our little old archaic vehicles. But it does have its place, and I don't think up here at this time, or in the distant or the near future at least, is it going to be successful. Uh, I think it will develop to something that will be great and help us out in the long run, but I just don't think it's quite there yet. And I think West Shore is a terrific place for it. The the biggest question I've ever had in in this whole topic and discussion is always the North. You know the the RCMP and especially in this uh, you know this particular article they're talking about there that the fact that the RCMP has pledged that by 2050 they're going to go full net zero emissions. And could you imagine what they're going to have to do technology wise to be able to get EVs going full tilt up in the North, especially in a place like Fort Good Hope? So. Um- on that topic, there was a technology that Rivian, I'm not even sure yep. if you're familiar with them, but yeah, Rivian Trucks, a big competitor to Tesla, uh, was prototyping and testing uh, when their trucks were still in the prototype stage. And it was a removable battery pack. And essentially how it would function would require a major like industry infrastructure overhaul. And the idea was you would have this large removable battery pack in the vehicle where you would drive to a service station, they would remove your battery, put in a fully charged one, and you would take off fully charged, and they would charge your old one, and it would just be like a swap scenario. Yeah, I mean, I know Rivian has been doing some amazing things. I saw one of their previews for their pickup truck. Uh, Before we get into all the rest of that, because there was some conversation later to be had about SUVs and pickup truck. Uh, Eric, I'm going to put it to you here at the table. What are you thinking? Um, kind of disagree with everybody else. Like, I think it's a fantastic thing to be coming out, but it's going to be very regional at the beginning, right? <clears throat> They're not going to run everywhere. You know, it's such a wide, the country's so wide and has so many different attachments and different ability levels and financial levels, right? And funding and whatnot. It's, it's going to be rollout regional. I think you're going to see it in the south and in the city detachments first and meanies. So mostly, yeah, probably the urban urban yeah yeah urban's going to be a, a big big part of that whole deal and uh i think that's another thing that you know the conversation we'll have here in the in the next little bit it, it kind of drives towards that as well too not to be too punny but uh it does drive towards the fact that uh within the rcmp and, and other provincial uh units such as the Surrey de quebec and the opp they all have the exact same thing where they run into terrain 
terrain is always going to be an issue. We're always going to have a need for larger vehicles, for trucks, what have you, uh, especially with ATVs, UTVs, always going to be a problem, but how do they encounter or that? Pro- how do they fix that? Or at least how do they manage that challenge going forward in the future, right? Yeah, I, I, I think that looking at this article, the biggest thing that stunned me was that, you know, we're looking at a Model Y and I, and I know the Model Y is a little bit of a bigger bodied uh, SUV, not necessarily an SUV, but a bigger bodied uh, Tesla. Obviously, you know, the very first thing that comes to mind for me, and you guys can, if you guys agree or not, you can disagree as well too. Uh, the very first thing that came to my mind was back in the probably early 2000s, we started to see police agencies in Canada come up with these Volkswagen Beetle community cruisers and the PT cruisers. I can I can oh, yeah. distinctly remember the police force that my dad worked for, which is Niagara Regional Police, having a PT cruiser. North Bend had a Jag. They did have a Jag. They absolutely did. Yeah, it was like an E-type or something like yep. that. Yeah, yeah, yep. I remember that. And I thought, how much of a joke is that? You know, um, in this case... I don't think that this is what this is, but it just felt like that. You know, they're doing a big display. They have a photo of the actual Model Y in the RCMP decals, all the rest of that. As I well, think the correct term is livery. Just the livery, sorry. It's got to be fancy here, apparently. Sorry. That's my job. It's got to be the livery. <laughs> and I just saw that and I was like, wow, you know, it, what is this? Because I had about six or seven people send it to me right away. The second it came out, it was like this it kept popping up all these text messages. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Like, is this, is this a joke? Cause the display board, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, maybe it was done in a hurry, whatever it might've been was just questionable. I, you know, there, there could have been a different way to do that. There could have been a press release without it, but they were coinciding with the release or the new information about the Tesla service station and sales depot that was opening up at the top of the Malahat there, or I should say the bottom of the Malahat, Right. Which is going to yeah, be it's in like right behind Costco, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, right by Costco. Well, is it not up on the hill at Bear Creek? So it's it's just around the corner from Costco, based on the map. Like oh, okay. on the other side of the on the other side of the highway, I think, but in that general area. Yeah, so I, I I think that it was all coinciding with the release of the information about all this happening. Obviously, there might be some discount. Who knows? I don't even know what it is, but regardless, they're going to end up with this. So moving on to that, like I was saying, it kind of felt a little bit like a publicity stunt. Probably not. I'm probably looking too much into it, but uh, I'll move into the next topic on this one. Is that looking at EVs, is it tools or are they tools? Are they toys? Are they publicity stunts? Uh, what do you think, Mike? Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's a bit of a cop-out to call it a publicity stunt simply because of the simple fact that they're saying it's going to be GD. If they put their money where their mouth is and roll it out for patrol purposes on a 12-hour shift and do that day in and day out for, you know, weeks on end, like a PC would be, you know, punished through regular duties, then power to them. If they suddenly at the last minute go, oh, uh, actually, it's going to be the, like, school liaison vehicle or, like, some non-operational community cruiser like the PT cruiser or, or like Vic PD went a slightly different route back in the day and got a Dodge Magnum. Uh, but yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Don't start your station wagons again. Uh, point, point being is that I think they have an opportunity to like really prove it like or, and show it or like to break the PG 13 to nut up or shut up. Like the, I think this could be them being pioneers 
or perhaps in a couple of years going, well, hey, we tried, but it failed. Sorry. I like that part, like you said, about the nutting up or nut up or shut up. Like it, it, it's so true. It's you know we, we're starting to see this. We all know that Canada is going to be doing this. We know that Canada as a government and as a country is going to be going net zero. That's what the goal is: is to get rid of all uh, carbon based. Uh, obviously, fuels, obviously, diesel and, and gasoline vehicles. I can't remember what their date is going to be. I think it's something like, like 2070 these, or something like that. And I feel like in BC specifically, Correct. they said they're going to eliminate the sale of gasoline cars by 2030 or something ridiculous like that, like soon. God, that's so soon. Yeah. We're screwed. But, uh, and everybody's switching. But on on the on the point of it is that, you know, like I said, is it sort of like a tool? And Eric, what do you, Eric and PG, like, what do you think? When you're at a place such as Prince George, and I had the opportunity yep. to be able to work some uh, overtime shifts with you and a couple of the other guys yep. there at the detachment, how as awful as that was my experience working <laughs> to go hang out with you guys for a couple shifts uh, in my CIS days. But like a vehicle in a place like Prince George, a PC is a tool. That is what it is. You know, yeah. there's no room for publicity stunts. There's no room for it being a toy, so to speak. You just don't have that opportunity. It's go, 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 busy. It's all business. What do you think, yeah. Eric, when it comes to this, uh, this, it being a tool? And what do you think that the EV comes and brings with that? Well, like the other said, I think it does, like, it has its place. I don't know if Prince George can afford to have an entire fleet of it. We've got, like you guys said, the terrain, we've got gravel roads, we got dirt roads, we have, you know, when the, when the snow is coming, we've got lots of snow five months out of the year. But, you know, in the spring and summer, I think it would be, it would be great. But like a city like Prince George too, I find, I always found like Prince George was a city that was a little behind in the times compared to other places, kind of much like the RCMP. It's got a long storied history. So I think with the RCMP's modernization and, you know, the whole, whatever it's called, the modernization 150. Yep. Canada 150, RCMP 150. Like any sort of organization, they're adapting with the times too, right? Like we're, there's just so many different, I think, aspects to look at it. A general duty vehicle, for example, like it's running 24 seven, like Mike had said. So gas prices are getting hiked. I can imagine that's probably a huge hit to a, a budget when you're filling a city fleet of 10 to 12 cars minimum once or twice a shift. So having the resources where you can possibly be charging that for a, you know, a fraction of the price might, you know, it might alleviate some, some funds in, in another way where it can increase policing services perhaps. That's yep. kind of where I'm at right now. I think it is it is a tool. I don't really yeah. I think I think the public in Prince George, for example, like I said, it's it's a it's a forestry town. It's it's you know, everyone's got their lifted trucks, you know, diesel gas. So but I mean, it, Teslas are popping up like you're seeing more and more each year. So I think like I said it, it it's something to keep an eye on, but I I wouldn't go I wouldn't go full jump in. Not yet. Small steps, yeah. baby steps. Yeah, not yet. I don't think we're going to be there yet for at least a little bit. And I like how you pull out the Gatorade water bottle, like pro hockey move to it. Just like <laughs> give yourself a little shot of water there. You're like, yeah, I just rocked it. Nice shift. Boom. <laughs> knock it down. The, uh, yeah, I, 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 I just, I, I, I almost expected to see something like this come out of Prince George. I expected a, a a media release if it was going to be someplace for a trial. Why wouldn't you do it in Prince George? Heck, we're doing uh, pilot projects for dark shirts 
in places like Williams Lake and I think uh, and PG right. as well too. So like, why wouldn't you do it in some place that has varying seasons, a very long, mm-hmm. well, you know, for its space and, and geographical location in Canada, you know, it has a moderately long winter. It can be harsh at times given where it is. Why wouldn't you do it in some place like that? But having the access to a service location, right. which West Shore right. will have, uh, I think is probably, you know, the smartest thing to do, right? And they have, the, they can fix the thing, they can maintain the thing, you know. So it is, it is really what it is. Uh, not only Tesla's, but let's say, for example, we we're also talking about West Shore buying the Mustang Mach E. Right, the Mustang Mach E GT, which is going to be more, it's obviously domestic. I mean, Tesla's domestic as well, too. Uh, but, you know, Ford, it, Ford has been synonymous with policing and police vehicles for generations. And going forward, I would have expected maybe even Prince George to go with something like the Mach E, you know, or, or any of those northern detachments to give them a try, especially given the size of the vehicle. It has a little bit higher of a, of a ground clearance. You know, maybe they can improve on that a little bit. But, uh, you know, if it's not Prince George, it's definitely not going to be Fort Good Hope. But, Nick, what are you thinking when it comes to, obviously, EVs being tools, toys? I mean, we can also talk a little bit about the Ford Lightning coming out uh, and having a release here in the next, I think it's six months, six to eight months we're having release. It'll be out this year. Yeah, so the 2022. So, Nick, what are you thinking on that front? You know what? I think it's a great idea, and I think it's a great move on the RCMP to start this process. And rather than delay it any further, it's going to really help the industry get going and see that need for electric vehicles in the emergency services world. Uh, we have a lot of draw just on our electronic alone, which is going to help the battery develop and people figure out how to properly distribute the power for these systems that we have running literally a lot of places 24 hours a day. A lot of the problem we're going to see up here in the north is charging. Uh, when it gets to minus 40, minus 50, where it's just continuously blowing and it's always cold, we need somewhere to charge it. And when our vehicle that we use day to day is also our police vehicle, we take it home, it's, it's with us like, a, like our shoes, we need to be able to charge it at home effectively and quickly because we might have to drive two and a half hours to a remote community that's not going to have the technology to charge it. So I think in that front, we're going to be at that last end of the rollouts, which I'm perfectly fine with, but I think it's exciting to see it coming. And like I said before, having it down in the South is going to be a big push for the technology to get going, and it's going to be widespread at that point. And I think especially with those Lightnings and the Rivians that we're starting to see, uh, I think that they have a whole ton of uh, interesting technologies within them. I mean, uh, the Rivian, I think I saw a commercial the other day for the Rivian, or at least it was like a YouTube promo video, where the Rivian truck could actually power a house for a yes. certain period of time. Could you imagine? Too. I think three days, I said they can run a house off of Ford or something like that. Like, could you imagine, like, even if you got into a, a bad situation up the middle of nowhere, you know, you could potentially, it could be a life-saving device, right? It, it could be that tool. And, and the North, I would have found it really interesting if Ford came out and either the RCMP or, I don't know, this probably could be the RCMP anyway, we're the only one that does Arctic policing. But, you know, it'd be interesting to see the RCMP step forward and, and put up the Ford Lightning and say, hey, listen, we're, you know, we've got the Mach-E going on in West Shore. We have the Teslas. And now all of a sudden we have, you know, the Ford Lightning test. I, it, I think it's almost impossible. And it's likely not because it hasn't been released. But there's no way that 
the RCMP or the OPP or somebody, even Quebec, the Sud de Quebec, you know, in northern parts of Quebec are pretty Arctic, you know, and in that respect, uh, aren't testing this particular type of vehicle right now. Once they're once they're released, at least. But we can move on to the expectations, obviously. And like we're talking about what is required in a PC is required to be tough, especially places like Prince George, Fort Good Hope, Nanaimo. Hell, even in Nanaimo, you know, those cars get beat to hell. So it needs to be tough. It needs to be rugged. We'll, let's talk about that a little bit. What is the expectation of a PC? And, and especially, uh, do we think that the EV can keep up? Eric, uh, at the table, what do you think? So the first thing that comes to mind about a PC and it getting beat up in the Nanaimo, especially with a well, specifically an electric vehicle, is charging. You're sitting in the office, code alert comes in, or tone alert comes in, and then you're running out the door, jumping in the car and going. Well, how are you charging? Are you plugged into the wall still? And are you going to be taking that cable with you? Right? Because I can see that happening. A, li- a live cable just sparking away as someone's running off to a knife call or something, right? Like, or a gun or, or whatever. Just. Hey, hey, Nick and uh, and Eric, what do you guys think? I know, uh, Eric, I know that the the PCs used to be plugged in in Prince George sometimes right. in the dead of winter. And you can only imagine Nick, same thing. How many times have you guys pulled that ridiculous block heater out? Thankfully, I have not done that. Um, <laughs> Being modest. But I think, uh, like, the discussion's kind of gone. Yeah, just in general, like we, we talk about the durability when it comes to the vehicle itself. What is the expectation of a PC that you're going to be driving for a 10 hour, 11 hour, 12 hour shift and yeah. running through any number of different scenarios, whether that be yeah. urban patrol? The doors are going to get dinged oh. to hell within yeah. a week. Yeah. So, for yeah. sure, for sure. Is it, a, is you know, like the body style, is it equipped for like a push bar? Can you put a winch on it if it's in um a rural setting our cars get smashed up weekly so it's it's a it's the same time like you know you get the brand new beautiful tahoe and it's the first one to get in a pcmvi yet the mild out crown vic is still in perfect condition so (laughs) is uh, is the beautiful sleek looking tesla is it gonna be going code somewhere and unfortunately getting into a pcmvi and now, you know, that's on the shelf and who knows how long until the next one's coming. So I find, you know, the Tahoes or even sometimes the Explorers, like if they get pretty smashed up, you usually you or if you're sitting with someone else, like you're not getting too banged up in the bigger vehicles. So obviously there's probably more risk with, you know, a smaller, sleeker type style depending on where the impact might be if you get in an accident um so i think those are my main things the safe the safety features of the vehicle the battery durability and just yeah i don't know like uh nick was saying having it plugged in you know for long periods of time i don't know if that's going to be good or bad for the battery i don't know i don't have a ton of experience with you know kind of the logistics of evs with you know kind of like how an iPhone, for example, they say, oh, the battery gets worse the more you charge it. So It's all lithium. In the end, it's all lithium. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I hear you, man. And like you were saying about the fact that, you know, you didn't have the experience with the logistics. Let's face it, in the end, none of us will, you know, because this, yeah. in the end, is a it's a PC. It's a vehicle. Not all of us are mechanics. Even now with the gasoline vehicles, we're not all mechanics. We have a general knowledge of, obviously, the vehicle themselves and how to keep them running. You know, day-to-day stuff. We all end up owning vehicles anyways. But there won't be that expectation 
that we'll have to know everything about it, but how do you manage that? There's going, there's going to be a course. 100% there'll be a Hermes course yeah. that we're going to have to take on. Do not explode the Tesla car. One thing I will say, if I could just touch for another second, I find a lot of the time, like, PCs are always needing oil changes. They're always miling out. With the new technology of Tesla, you're not, you, you don't really have, like, the engine rate. You're not putting oil changes in it. So maybe the car will last longer and like they even have software updates. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe it'll be kind of one of those transition phases where they're not breaking down as much because they don't require oil. Mechanically speaking, I think it'll be an entirely new market. And we're, if they do switch over to those particular types of vehicles, which is to be seen, uh, I'm not entirely sold yet that they are going to be going with the Teslas for full you know, deployment places like New York city, uh, NYPD is going with, they think they purchased 120, if I'm not mistaken, 116 or 120, uh, Tesla's for their fleet within the city of New York. And a, a portion of those are going to be going into the, obviously the NYPD and their regular fleet, but I think it's mostly going to be support vehicles. So, uh, I, you know, if NYPD is jumping in for their just support vehicle, admin vehicle, okay, that makes sense, but not for general patrol until such a time as we can see what this testing and pilot project brings. And again, with you, Mikey, obviously you have the experience uh, in a place like Victoria where probably some of the nicest I haven't, like they are almost spotless those chargers and the fleet of chargers and they were a forerunner when it comes to uh going with that particular pc in canada it really they were uh short of maybe uh vpd vancouver uh was another big dodge or sorry dodge charger purchaser but what do you think mikey when it comes to expectations of the pc and then what do you think about the evs uh and their ability to hold up well, it was kind of funny being at Victoria when the Charger got rolled out. And the initial Chargers that were purchased by Victoria were the V8 models. And the you know person in charge of getting those vehicles into the department uh, eventually transitioned to another position within the department. And the person that took over didn't have the same lust for vehicles as the original person. Uh, So from then on, uh, the Chargers were all the V6 models, which on paper sounds like it's going to be more fuel efficient and less maintenance and stuff like that when the facts are actually different. So the V8s are actually more fuel efficient when you're not pumping the gas to the floor. But for those long idle times and stuff like that, it has that uh, was it variable valve technology or whatever where it shuts half the engine down so yeah they'll shut it down to a four cylinder yeah yep. and the v8s are easier and cheaper to maintain um from a mechanical basis and stuff like that so i mean that might have been a bit of a slip up i mean performance wise from being in them and <laughs> in uh puckering situations uh the the v8 is definitely noticeably more responsive even just, I felt like the weight balance was more there for cornering and stuff like that. I felt like we were more stable uh, in the V8. And uh, you, you mean it's not like our our exploder, our Gen twos, that when you go to put the gas down, it nothing happens. I well, it's, yeah. it's we we all love that. I, I love how everybody, and even I can see Eric and PG nodding his head and be like, everybody experiences that. You made and it like Ford, unfortunately, and again, no one in, from Ford's going to listen to this, anyways. But it made an yeah. extremely dangerous 
uh, vehicle, those Gen 2s. The Gen 1s are way better, but the Gen 2s, anything past the 2017 or 2018, um, yeah. man, like, I don't know what happened with those, but you're saying that the... a tight corner. <laughs> oh, it just, it dies. It stops. Yeah. You, you're sitting there, someone so, comes out, you need to hit your gas quick, and you're just going to roll away slowly, yeah. and then eventually so, slowly speed up, you know, after you got like six or seven new holes in you, but... Yeah. So to kind of continue on that uh, conversation of performance, I think that's where EVs in general are definitely going to destroy any conventional internal combustion engine vehicle. Uh, looking at the little stat chart that you sent to me earlier, Mikey, the uh, Mustang Mach-E showing uh, 0 to 60 in 4.03 seconds, whereas, you know, even the... Uh, the dodges and and stuff like that with the v8s are looking at just shy of eight seconds across the board so you're looking at literally double the acceleration uh, you know across the board which for any sort of like rapid response or tactical vehicle situation i think that's going to pay dividends but i think in the long run and we keep we keep sort of dancing on it i think these vehicles will at least initially be highly successful in more southern, more urbanized areas where the infrastructure for both charging and maintenance of these vehicles already exists. And it'll probably be, I would say, at least a couple of decades before we see the technology and the infrastructure catching up with northern facilities to be able to bring them to a truly effective usage and general duty so places like victoria west shore vancouver to the center of the universe this is going to be great in in my opinion but rural communities maybe they're going to have to stick with their lifted diesel dodge 3500 yeah, I mean, you and you said it there too. You said like the northern communities and what have you, and, and it's very different. I mean, you know, per, somebody that has a ton of experience with that. Obviously, Nick. I mean, you know, yeah. as you as you look at that, Nick, and and you see like this particular type of vehicle coming out, and we've already spoken about how it's going to be interesting to see what happens there but the expectation of a pc in the north a lot of people that listen to the podcast have you know a lot of experience in the south and most of the listeners are in the south what's the expectation and of a pc and as a tool for policing in the north like just what you have right now nick yeah basically like our pcs are our livelihood up here right like we that's all we have regardless of what the situation is we can't have another means we can't have somebody bring us a vehicle right we're a flying community. Two months a year, we can have a winter road, and that vehicle better be able to survive that drive, which is 250 kilometers from the closest town, right? And it's not a good drive. It's great. Like, it's muskeg. Frozen muskeg is what it is. So you're not sure what you're getting into. And there's no mechanics up here, right? Like, we have people that can work on vehicles, but in order to fix something, yeah, it's not going to happen, right? We have vehicles that have been out of service that we have broken windows on where the power motor just stopped. So they put a piece of two by four under the window in order to stop it from falling down. I just got my brand new truck here this summer, came off of the barge in September and it's the new technology and like it runs forever on fuel. It's great. It's amazing. Um, and that truck will probably have another five years, but they are a hard 40,000 kilometers, right? That we get on our duty trucks and they sit there and they idle from, October all the way till April, Mayish, 
when it finally warms up to above zero and then we can finally shut it off and it gets a little break until the next go around of winter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have a, we have an explorer up here actually, and we don't let it leave the community because it doesn't have the fuel capability to go anywhere. <laughs> like our closest community that we police in the winter is that uh, two and a half hour drive through terrible, terrible roads. And it just doesn't have the fuel range to get there and back. We can't trust it. We don't, we don't let it leave the area. We have two pickup trucks and that's our main use. So seeing the EVs, I think the technology will develop. I don't think we're seeing anything on the market or even close to the market yet that's going to come up here. Eventually, I think the Yellowknife will be the first place that they put something. That's the closest civilization. They have all the dealerships up there. They get the major cold as well, but they actually have the services, technology, mechanics to back it up, to service it and get things done properly and do those tests. So I'm excited to see what happens. And yeah, it'll be good to get an EV up up into the north and really develop it from there. I, I would love to see a Rivian sent up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're they're doing it. I think the Rivians that they're not even producing. Are they even producing yet? I think they're just starting in production and they're like, planning on delivering. Just yeah, they and, just opened up a storefront in Vancouver. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay, I well, past it a few months ago. I, I, I would love to see Rivian, or I'd love to see Ford. Like I said earlier, uh, with the Lightning or the Rivian truck or whatever it might be, I would love them. Or what is it? The Tesla, the Power? No, the the Cybertruck. 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 Get out of here! What are you going to do? Hide the the prisoners in the back lift gate or whatever the tonneau cover <laughs> that comes off that thing? Uh, you know, like I would love to see them do something in the north. You know, and really reach out because that's what we're eventually we're going to need. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. So, Nick, I just got to quickly ask: Have you seen any civilian-owned and run EVs up in your area, Tesla or otherwise? That's a terrific question. So, our area, no, heck no, heck heck no. Um, we don't see cars. We don't see the smallest SUV we see is an Explorer, but nobody has them. They all have SUVs. But talking about a city like Yellowknife where they have actual roads and things that are paved and you can actually drive it without hitting snow and ice everywhere. Yes, there are EVs in Yellowknife and they are successfully running. Reading an article I read earlier, they said it has never died. It's always started in the winter regardless of the temperature. They lose about 40% of their battery capacity, yeah. but it always starts. But it always, but it always starts. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, All right. that's interesting. All right. For the sake of keeping things on schedule and that, and I kind of feel bad because even Eric's got to work tonight as well too there, buddy, and Prince George. Let's move on to the uh, the final, the one that we're actually going to talk about tonight because we talked, uh, you know, a hell out of the SUV and, and we're talking about this might very well be the end of the SUVs. Uh, we have seen the hybrid explorers. Um, we don't have them in Nanaimo. Uh, I think it's mostly, I think maybe Prince George might have had one of the hybrids. Not that I know of. I've only just driven the regulars. Yeah, it's, it, it, I think maybe Kelowna or one of the other detachments had one of the EVs. And it, it, it's something that was piloted as well in Toronto, I believe. But it might very well be the end of the SUV uh, if they can get a full framed pickup platform into that service that has a decent radius uh steering radius because i'm now all into the numbers and looking at what the turning radius is of these vehicles uh especially because the tesla and the mach-e have horrible turning radiuses uh i know mike uh, we talked about that with the f-shack with the uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, how they advertise that yeah yeah with the prius and they're advertising a very long 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 turning radius but uh maybe it is the death of the suv and, and i'm just kind of curious to end this 
off, guys. We'll do the roundtable again, too, and I'm going to start with Nick. Nick, if they could produce something that you guys could use up in Fort Good Hope or any of the northern detachments, the Arctic detachments, would you trust it, and would you give it a shot? 100%, yeah. Um, would I trust it? Great question. I think it's something, if it can make it up here, absolutely, I'll trust it. Uh, if it doesn't have to be shipped up here on the barge and it actually does the road itself to get up there the 19 hours from Yellowknife on the ice road to get up here and it has the chargers to make it, I will 100% trust it once it gets here. I like that. But I, 100%. I think uh, anything that they're going to develop is the way of the future and I think the RCMP stepping out like this is very progressive and it's great to see. All right, Eric in Prince George, what do you think? Yeah, definitely in a city settings, I would use it for sure. And then, like I said, if there was evidence to back it in a rural setting, like I'm not wanting to be that guy calling someone that I'm stuck in the mud in my Tesla, but when you're out, when you're sure. in uh, Giscom or something like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm an advocate for it for sure. I think as long as it logistically makes sense, I'd give it a go for sure. I think they look nice. That's my opinion. And yeah. that photo with West Shore, it it looks pretty sleek. So I'd give it a go for sure. Yeah, if we could ever just change our paint job, that'd be absolutely amazing. I'd be a little bit happier with that. Sherman, uh, what do you think? Uh, you know what? Again, if nothing else, I tip my hat to West Shore and the OIC there going out and getting this going, right? Like, it, this really is a case of someone having the gusto to put their money where their mouth is sort of thing. And I hope it's successful because I'm with Eric. I think they look really sleek. I'd love to see uh, a little more tactical paint job with the like gray and like shadow deckling would be pretty, pretty extra cool on a Tesla. But, uh, you know, time will tell. And, uh, you know, let's let's see what they can do. I wish them all the best. And if nothing else, I hope the fact that the Tesla dealership that's opening there in West Shore hope they have a close working relationship and they can literally go straight to tesla and be like hey this is a problem and then how are we going to solve it and i think that's the only way the technology is going to develop and for everybody else to use successfully yeah so we don't have the same kind of run-in like we do with the exploders you know because uh, you know running in and out of that electronic assisted throttle management as well as the uh, the transmission yeah. issues that we have it's i almost went to the ford dealership i was there for a file there uh last week and I was speaking with someone. Can I trade this in for a Crown Vic? I was like, can you fix this? And he's like, no, dude, no. <laughs> I can't fix that. Eric, what do you think here at the table? I'm really looking forward to them coming around. Like when we get them, I'll take it out. I'll, you know, in the Nimo, obviously, if I'm somewhere else up in the boonies, probably not as quick to pick it up, but here, for sure. I'm really excited about that. The one thing I think about on it, though, that I would like to see them get away from is the you know how they make the little noise when you're going at slow speed i want that to be gone so i can be sneaky all about that sneaky yeah. life and, and you know they were talking about that in the article that some of the ones that i've read i think it was fremont uh police service it could be california maybe i'm wrong there but it's fremont and they were the ones that put the very first full functioning with a silent patrolman in the back tesla i think it was a model y again or maybe it was a model x but uh, they were the first ones to put it in, and they said they had to knock out a whole bunch of the factory defaults uh, with some of the technology that they were running there. So is it possible to be able to do this? Uh, and for anybody listening, is it possible? Yes, it is very possible. 
is it probable that we're going to see the Tesla or a similar model, such as maybe the Mustang Mach-E, uh, unfortunately, based on the results that we're seeing, you know, with the Michigan State testing, uh, it's probably not the most promoted uh, EV that's on the market right now for police work. But are we going to see this particular type of vehicle used in North America? Absolutely. It's going to come. The technology is going to be used. Nick was talking about it up in Fort Good Hope. Where they would probably use something like that if you can make a 19-hour drive to get to the detachment. Okay, yeah. we trust that. My biggest thing is always still going to be trust. In a PC, we need to be able to trust the vehicle. I don't know. I, like, I wanted to make a T-shirt that has a Gen 2 Explorer on it that says just... <laughs> come on like or you son of a you know what i mean like inside because that's all i do is scream inside those cars because when you need to tactically get somewhere you cannot it is <clears throat> so frustrating but can we do that can we possibly get a tesla or an ev to be able to be dependable enough to prove to frontline officers that they are safe enough to drive and they'll get you to where you need get to to help people in an emergency i'm gonna say i think elon's crazy enough to kind of give us whatever we want maybe because they can just upload a new uh, program package to every car delete things from remotely from anywhere so hey you guys want a little bit extra power or you want to get rid of the beep you want to get rid of this put this in okay download someone writes the program and all your cars like and you could also make the car fart and you can make the car fart which would be really funny when transporting Come on, anybody else do that? Have anybody else been driving in those Teslas? Like I, We went out the other day in Wes's Tesla, and I think you can make it fart in any corner of the car. If you can make it do that, everybody, you can have a good PC. You can make it. So my hope is so high. On that note, I just want to thank everybody for coming out. All the way up from Fort Good Hope, we got Nick. Nick, thank you very much for coming out. Yeah, We've got thanks, We got Eric coming out from Prince George. He's staying awake before Cheers. his night shift. Eric, dude, you are welcome back anytime. Join the roundtable, have the discussion. Mikey, for and showing before, up, nice dude. nice shift, so props for that. Always. Very much appreciated. I had a good time, guys. And we got Eric here at the table as well, too. Eric, thank you for coming back and into the grounds garage. Uh, Eric from Prince George, also, next time you're back home, you come back over here. We're going to do an episode inside the garage. Sounds good. Same thing goes for Nick. Nick, Nick thank you, buddy. Always absolutely a pleasure. <laughs> boys all right final words everybody check out the podcast if you have somebody that you know can listen or would like to listen have some interesting topics about police work law enforcement work first responder work in canada that keeps it on the lighter side and i think we kept it on the lighter side today as well with a pretty serious topic on vehicles because we love cop cars and we love donuts and it's what we do pass them over to us check out the podcast at www.theunreasonablegroundspodcast.com you can check us out on Oh boy, where are we now? We're on Apple Podcasts. Yay, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts. We're at Spotify. Check us out on Spotify. No, we have not been kicked off Spotify. Yes, we're still there. Uh, as well as everywhere else. Stitcher, you can the iHeartRadio app. You check it out. Download an episode. Let us know what's going on. Let us know what you want to hear. And everybody, as we always say, be safe out there. We'll see you soon.